going to start in James. We're going to be all over Scripture today. But James chapter 4, verse 13 says this. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Now is James talking to someone in the first century? Is he talking to someone in Los Alamos today? I'm kind of confused on which time zone we're in here. Okay. Anyway, he says, he says, why do you, you do, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boastings evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and then doesn't do it, it is sin for them. We're going we're gonna to get a lesson on time today and hopefully a little bit of a healthy urgency on the mist that the Bible describes our life is. We think we have time and we do have time, but maybe not as much as we think. And so my question for you today to kind of ponder is, if what would you do that didn't work? My battery died. Oh, I was going to ask, and I'm still going to ask the question, what would you do differently if you knew you didn't have much time? Like if somehow, some way you knew, hey, you only had a year or you only got two years. What would you do or what would you do differently? If you only knew you had a short amount of time, we're going to we're going to have a a heavy topic today, but it's going to be I promise you it's going to be encouraging and uplifting uh, today. So before you take a seat, say hello to two or three people. If you had time, you would look someone square in the eye. If you knew you only had a short amount of time, you'd look them square in the eye and say hello. I am glad to see you today. So say hello to two or three people and let them know that you're glad they're here. All right. So I got it working now. What would you do, Mike, if you knew you didn't have very much time left in this sermon? which most of you know the answer. You would continue to go on overtime anyway. Uh, so I have set this. Uh, hopefully, this is my goal. When this thing is done, we're done. This is, this is it. I, we will say a prayer and we will dismiss. But what would you do if you only knew you only had a certain amount of time? This is a message that we are uh, talking about the time of our lives, having the time of our lives. And I want to look at the mist because the Bible says what happens in the mist now has impact in the forever, in the eternity. And it doesn't matter whose life it is, the most unknown, poorest person on the planet, or think about the, 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 the biggest name, the biggest star, the most money, whatever, they all are a mist in their time here on earth. In this series, as we look at little glimpses of heaven and we look at little glimpses into eternity, I also want to bring it right back to the here and now, to how we live today. These glimpses into heaven uh, are like a movie trailer. You see the trailer. You don't get the full movie. You just get the trailer. But, it, it, but at the same time, these glimpses are meant to inspire us right here and right now. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 13, 44. 
he told a story. We're going to look at several stories of Jesus today. But he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered in a hidden field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy that field. Jesus is saying, like, if, guys, if you only knew how good heaven is, you would give up everything to get a piece of it. It's that amazing. And so he would tell stories about how awesome it is. We also learned last week, hey, when it comes to what happens when we die, all right, I'm not going to go through all of that, but he, Jesus clearly outlines. He's like, there's two, two options. There's two places. There is life for eternity with God, and there is eternal death separated away from God. We, we call that hell, to be eternally separated from God, to have no shot in a relationship with the Creator. And Jesus also describes how awful that place is. God came to earth to let people know this is what's taking place. And I want you to be prepared. I want, this is for, for everyone. And he says, if you knew, if you really truly knew, you'd sell everything and go buy that field. So today's lesson is going to be on time. Uh, in Psalm 90, Moses actually wrote a psalm, and he said, teach us, in this song, teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. Teach us about the mists. Teach us to understand how short uh, this time is. And so one of the, the prevailing questions of today, uh, and I sent this in an email today, is are you at peace with your dash? The dash that is on the headstone that, that, that dates when you had that first breath and then you, you had that final breath. Or if, you, if, if you're going to get cremated, you're like, I'm not going to have a headstone, so I'm not going to have a dash. You will probably have an obituary or something somewhere that has a dash. You get the idea that what happens in the, in the dash, what happens in the middle, has an impact on eternity, and you will stand before God one day. We learned about that last week. Are you at peace with it? And so I'm not going to try to uh, manipulate you into saying, you got to do better, you got to do more, you got to do all of these religious activities in order to earn God's favor. That's not the point of this. I want us to come away with a healthy urgency. I think when you read the scriptures, when you read what Jesus is talking about here, he's letting us know very clearly, like you don't, you have time, but not as much as you think. Live with urgency. Live, don't please the rapper. Go and live for these things of, etern of eternity. Respect time, don't waste it. Like if I had to serve, if I got to trim this down, respect time, don't waste time. They always say for a pastor to be a good communicator, hey, what's your sermon in, in a sentence? Tell me a sermon in, in a sentence. And I'm always like, ah, oh, I don't know. I got like five things I want to say. And they say, well, imagine the roof peeled open here and this giant claw comes in somehow picks you up and is carrying you away, and all you've got is one quick thing to say as you're getting ripped out of the gym or something. What would you say? And so to me, it would be like, respect time, don't waste it. And then boom, I'm out of here. But I got more to say, and I got a few more minutes to say it. So we're going to hang out together and have a party. Now, here's the deal. We have a spiritual enemy. His name is Satan. He wants to deceive you. He will feed you lies about this thing called time. Three of them specifically, one is heaven is boring. 
All right, we talked a little bit about this last week, but I'll probably bring these up each week. Is heaven like some sort of eternal worship service? That is like, hey, we, we read about it right before this, you know, they're going to be singing and holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, which is cool for a while. And you see the, the flashes of lightning and all the kind of things. And then after 100 years, you're kind of like, oh, man, is this, is this it? We're in the choir robes and this eternal service? No, but at the same time, let me just tell you, if that's kind of your mindset, you do need to love worship a little bit more. All right, you need, to, you need to check your heart on that. Guys, let me get on you for a second, because later on at about 2.25, 2.30, some of you are going to be watching the Cowboys game, and you're either going to be celebrating or you're going to be cussing. All right? You, you know how to worship and get loud. I know that you do. You know when they score a touchdown, your hands are up. You know how to elevate. I'm just telling you, sometimes, sometimes we cop out and say, well, that's not me. I don't get excited. I don't do. Yes, you do. Yes, you. Can I get an amen? Anybody? Anybody. All right. I'm not dogging. I'm going to go out and watch the game. The Chiefs are playing right now, so no spoiler alerts. All right. When I get home, I'm going to be upset or I'm going to be happy. I don't, I don't, it doesn't have to do with that. It's just like, I got to understand. I do know how to worship. I do know how to get excited. Sometimes you need to put that in check and say, am I directing that towards certain things and not giving that towards God? So Satan would say, hey, heaven's boring. No, Jesus coming in and saying, you would sell everything to have a peek in that place. Let me tell you, if you only knew how good it was. Now, Satan would also have you believe, and this is rampant in culture too, Hell is a party. Come on in. You, you walk into the gates of hell. Cowboy fans this way. Cat, cat lovers right over here. You know, let's, it's a grand old party. And you will hear people say, hey, if that's, if that's, if, if, you know, someone who, I know, I know people who like, if that, if they'll see Christians, you know, I like your Jesus, but I don't like the Christians. And if that's what heaven's like, if that was Christianity's about, I don't want to have any part of it. I'd rather be in hell. Satan would have you convinced that hell is not that bad. Satan would also have you convinced that you've got time. The important things, this God thing, teenagers in the room, teenagers in the room, you're, you have an idea of like, hey, I can, there's some things that I want to do, God, first. Like, if I really sell out to Jesus right now in my school, if I really start to live this thing out, I don't know if I'm ready to. I have time later. Adults in the room. If I really sell out to this Jesus thing, I might have to change how I do my finances. I might have to change. There's some things that I know that are not what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm living for my own pleasure and my own self-gratification. I'm living for me. I can do that later. Satan would have you believe that you have time. But maybe not as much time as you think. Last week, went out to do the trailer right after church. All right? And we're, we're loading up the trailer, getting everything like that. It's starting to sprinkle. I wrote this in an email earlier for this week. I don't know if you guys read that or not. 
All right, so it, there's, there's nothing. It's a cloud, there's sprinkles or whatever. It's not like there's lightning bolts flashing around saying, oh my gosh, we better be careful. It shouldn't be outside. No, out of nowhere, boom. The flash, boom, over. I mean, I was on the ground, not by choice. Like, what in the world just happened? After we had just talked about what happens when you die. I was mad at God. I was, I was like, what? Come on, same team. This is now the third time in just a little over a year. I, I'm not kidding. I've had three lightning bolts over the top of my head instantaneous, or I've been outside three times in the last year. I, I'm like fed up, all right? We went to go play pickleball in our connect group last week, and it started the sprinkle, all right? Everybody's just, oh, yay, it's great. I'm like getting triggered, wanting to go hide in the corner. And be like, ah, I'm so scared, all right? You have time. Mm. You don't know. You don't know what tomorrow will bring. Are you at peace with your dash? That's the question. Jesus, he told another story. He said, then someone called from the crowd. Teacher, talking to Jesus, please tell me my brother and tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Jesus replied, friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that? Then he said, beware. Guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Wait a minute. Is he talking to first century Jews? <laughs> or is he talking to people in Los Alamos today? Like, what's going on here? Because it seems like, it seems like us. Then he tells a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. Let's call him Billy Bob. Billy Bob said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then big, bigger barn Billy Bob said, I'll have enough room to store all my wheat and other goods. I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. I really think Jesus is talking to someone in 2023. I mean, is this not our culture? Is this not the American dream? Listen, let me just be clear. This is not, it's not wrong. It's not wrong to have money. It is not wrong to have stuff. It is not wrong to prepare for the future. There's a whole book called Proverbs, all right? That leads to tell you how to live life and manage your money and manage your finances and be like that. That's not the point of Jesus' thing. This guy, Bigger Barn Billy Bob, lived for himself without thinking about the forever. But God said to him, and you do not want God to say this to you, you fool. I'm not a fool. I got PhDs. I'm not a fool. I've, I've got people that I manage. I'm not a fool. I got Bigger Barn. Look how well I have done here on earth. You fool. You will die this very night. Bigger barn, Billy Bob, lost sight of what really mattered, the eternal things. Then who will get everything you work for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship towards God. I want you to be rich. I want you to be rich towards God in your relationship with him. You have time today. 
You do have time. Everyone in here today has time today to be rich towards God. You can start now. I heard someone say, like, when was the best time to plant a tree? 20 years ago. You know the next best time to plant a tree? Right now. That's what Jesus is getting after. He's a healthy urgency. We know this. We know it. But we all think we're going to live forever. We all think we bought the lie that we're going to have time until we don't. And then are you at peace with your dad? I want you, I want you to be at, so at peace with your dad. I want you to have so much purpose in how you live. I'm not saying don't in, have a retirement. I'm not saying don't enjoy a hike. In, in, or I'm not saying don't enjoy the NFL game or anything like that. Colossians 3 very, very clearly says, whatever you do, whatever you do, short of sin, do it all for the glory of God. So that's a heart thing. You can do anything you're doing right now and put that glory on God. All right? But some of you know quite honestly, hey, if I, if I really had a, a, an inventory check, and God knows, he already knows, he reads your heart, he's probably pegged you a little bit. There's something that you're like, you know what, I'm kind of doing that for myself. All right? That's, that's probably not the weightier matters of, of, uh, of eternal things. All right, I'm all for video games. I'm all for video games, all right? <laughs> video games, Jesus and I were like, oh, you know what? You made it to the next level in Call of Duty so fast. That was amazing. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> you just know. You know there's certain areas. I'm not against video games. I'm going to play some today. But I got to keep it in check. You got to keep it in check. Pride says I'll build bigger barns. Humility says I'm going to use this and get a little perspective on things. world does not revolve, revolve around me. All right. Now, I want to tell you something. It's not as hard as you think. I already said Colossians. Colossians 3 said you can do whatever, whatever you do. At work, give it to the glory of God. Parenting your kids, give it to the glory of God. I mean, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Jesus told another story to give you a glimpse into heaven. He, he, said, he said this in Matthew 25. He says, when the Son of Man, that's Jesus' nickname for himself, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all his angels with him, then he will sit upon the glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered into his presence. And he will separate, separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. That's that judgment we talked about. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on the right, Come! You who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. To which they respond to the king in the story. When did we do those things? When did we feed you? When did we... we what are you talking about? And he explains in verse 40, the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Here's the beauty. Here's the beauty. When you serve other people with the right heart, not to gain anything, when you love Los Alamos, no strings attached, when you serve, not to get, but to give, and do it for Jesus, 
He says, whenever you did that for the least of these, you did it to me. When you serve others, you serve God. Because when you serve others, you are, you are never more like Jesus than when you're serving other people. That's how he lived his life. He got down on his final night and washed their feet, the disciples' feet, did the dirty job of a servant. Peter once asked Jesus, uh, he was like, hey, how, how are we, how's this work? Because we gave up everything to follow you. Jesus kind of talking about this idea of rewards. Like, what's going to happen in heaven? And we're, we're, we gave up everything. We gave up our family, our career, all these things to follow you. To which Jesus says in Mark 10, Truly I tell you, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. He's saying, listen, if you knew the treasure that awaited you, you would sell everything. And give. Now, let me just quick time out because you can take that verse out of context. Pastors, ministry leaders will take that out. Oh, well, I'll, you know, my family comes second. All right. And 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 totally destroy their family. My 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 ministry. I love this church, but my call into ministry. You you guys come behind my family. All right. I love you guys. And there will be times when I, hey, I'm here right now doing my job, what I'm supposed to do. But if I'm not ministering to my family. And taking care of my marriage and my kids, I've got things back messed up. And some of y'all have grown up in ministry homes where we got that messed up or we saw other families get that messed up. So this isn't a license to say, well, bye, y'all. I got the ministry to do. No, 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 no. Uh, you better be in lockstep with God on that one. And many times they'll use that to beat one another down. He says, if you knew the treasure that was in heaven, you would sell everything you had so you can buy that field. You can serve in the church. You can greet people. You can work in Freedom Kids and invest in the next generation and tell them about the love of Jesus and see them fall in love with Jesus. You can sing up here on stage. You can go out and serve your neighbors and help and care for them. And Jesus says when you're serving with the right heart and the right motive, you're storing up treasure in heaven. You're serving God in that by serving other people. It's a beautiful thing. It's not as hard as you think. You can do that today. You have time today to serve other people, to encourage other people. Some of you, you're having the time of your life, but what are you doing with your time? What on earth are you doing? Another thing to note, don't bank on a redo. There's no, there's no redos on this. You got one shot in your dash. We like to play uh, two square or four square with our, with our boys. All right, it's kind of the, the game of the, the year right now. So we'll go outside and we'll play, play four square. Well, we used to always do this thing. If it was close to the line, we'd be like, oh, redo, redo, it's too close. It was, that wasn't out of bounds and we're fighting like we're supposed to or whatever. And it seems like if we would let that go, every play was a redo. Whoever lost is like, redo, we're not, that doesn't count. No points. So then we made a rule. You get one redo this entire game, this entire match. You get one. Once you've used it, no more. That's the rule. All right, so you used it. Oh, sorry, you, you, don't, you don't have any more challenges on the call. No more readings. Except in heaven, except in eternity, there are no more redos. Jesus told another story about a, a, an owner 
who, who left, who departed his place. And in his place, he gave people, it said talents or bags of silver or money. To one, he gave five bags of silver. To another, he gave two bags of silver. To another, he gave one bag of silver. And then he, after a long time, it said he came back. And the one who had five turned it into ten. He said, good job. Way to go. Way to invest. The one who had two took it, doubled it, turned it into four. He said, Wait, same answer. Way to go. Way to invest. Way to do your job while I was gone. To the one who had only one, they were scared, and it said that they buried it. They did nothing with it. So when the owner came back, he gave them just the one back. And the master replied, instead of well done and good faithful servant, he said, the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered, crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gathered crops I didn't cultivate. Or I, I couldn't got, got, could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant, give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But to those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant to outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus, wow, that's kind of... That's kind of harsh. Woo. Listen, Jesus is not mincing around here. God came to earth to be very clear. There's two options on, on where this thing goes. You either have a relationship with God or you don't. Some of us, when, we, when it comes to a redo, don't bank on one. What happens in your midst impacts your forever don't lose sight of that now i have a problem when i get on my phone right now i i am on instagram now i try to implement healthy practices when i'm scrolling but i have this addiction for instagram reels and it's these backyard transformations have you ever seen these transformation things? Like you, you see it on on uh, um, on on TV channels where you know they're like in 30 minutes we're gonna just destroy this house and in 30 minutes redo it. And it's amazing. Well, now it's convinced you don't have to wait 30 minutes to see it. In 15 seconds on an Instagram reel, you can see the beginning, and then in 15 seconds it's like boom, and it's just like a magical garden in the back that I'm like oh. And so I'm kind of addicted to these things because. We're in the beginning phase in our backyard, and I'm like, oh, I would love to have a patio like that. Oh, I would love to have a fireplace like that. And someone posted on their Instagram reel, and I was, it just caused me to pause, and I was so thankful for them. I'm watching these things in 15-second clips saying, oh, I want that. Oh, I want that. Oh, I'd love to have that. That's so glorious. That's great. Someone said, this is 15 seconds, but this was a 10-year project in the making, Right? Piece by piece by piece, I was like, I needed that dose of reality. We are living in a culture that loves IG, not Instagram, but instant gratification. I want it now. I see it now. I want it now. We are the generation that grew up 
burning our mouth on Hot Pockets. Let that sink in. We see it. We want it. Most of us have the money. We can buy it. Now we get it. Boom, boom, boom. Instant gratification. I'm here to tell you today, Jesus' story is that delayed gratification. DG is greater than IG if you want to math the craziness. Delay. He's saying, what is in store for you? If you only knew, you wouldn't be living in the mist to satisfy the flesh. Most of that will not matter in eternity. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but your perspective needs to understand you can't bring it with you. Life is not made up of the things that you have. Store up for yourself a treasure in heaven, as Jesus said, where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be. Are you at peace with your dash? There will come a time, like I remember the getting that first ultrasound with the boys, and they put that thing on, and you hear that that first heartbeat. And then there will be a time when it's just a flat line. And I'm not trying to be morbid, but it is the reality that mortality has a 100% rate. Jesus ain't messing around. He, he loves you. And today is a reminder that what we do now matters. Matters here, matters in eternity. As I've thought about this, I've thought about three types of, of people in the room. Because I know we think about this and we're missing loved ones. I'm not dismissing any sort of grief or anything like that that is real. I really want to get to you and I. What are, what are you and I doing here? So if we, can, if we can get there, I've thought about three types of people. There's the ones who are like Billy, Bigger Barn Billy Bob. Doing a lot of great things. You are very successful here on earth. But you know, you know, you are living to satisfy the flesh and the things of the spirit are secondary if I have time or the energy, it will happen. It is not getting first place in your life. To which Jesus would probably say, you fool. You got it backwards. You're missing the point. There is a better purpose for your dash than satisfying and doing whatever you want when you want. And then today is a little bit of a wake-up call to maybe shift your motivations. Maybe you don't have to change anything you do, but maybe you have to change your heart and your motivations to say, hey, when I go to work, when I go to work, it needs to be about his glory. I need to have his eye. There's another people group within the room that when it comes to your dash, you're not like Bigger Barn Billy Bob. You're like the servant who was afraid. You are paralyzed in fear. You are stuck in pain, living in regret. Mike, I can't. If you only knew the mess that I am, that's me, you would know this thing about going and living and serving and doing, that's not me. Like, my life is pretty much done. 
this is about as good as it's going to get. Which I had a counselor, a mentor kind of challenge me one time when, when I get in that little self-pity mode to say I'm a victim, I can't, and that's just as good as it's going to get. Go find out. If your life is really done and there's no much more to it than what is right now, then go find out. That thing you're too afraid to do, that thing that you're too messed up for, the thing that you're too angry you can't be a part of that, the whatever you can't, and the reason that you are stuck and paralyzed in your fear, go find out and make sure that you can't. Because you're going to find out Spoiler alert that the enemy's been lying to you about that as well. You have been accepting I can't. You have been accepting that you're, you're not the one for that. When I want to tell you, if you would take that step of faith and get out of your gunk and take a step of faith and, and move out of your fears, you're going to find you're a little bit stronger than you thought you were. You went to the gym, and yes, you were huffing and puffing, but guess what? You did it, and you didn't die. You're going to find out that you can heal. You're going to find out that there is a little bit more purpose to my life. Spoiler alert. God can still use you today. You got breath in your lungs? Then you're not done yet. That flash of lightning hit over me. I'm still alive. I'm not going to challenge it again today, all right? We're going to do a quick cloud check when we go out there, and then we'll tear down. But I'm still here today, which means I'm not dead yet, so God is not done. The third group of people are those. And this is what we need. This is what we need. You are the best nuclear physicist in Los Alamos. Now, I know some of you are like, Mike, in the world. Okay. <laughs> but when, and we need you. We need you. I need you to be the best teacher. I need you to be the best nurse. I need you to be the best on the construction site, where, the best mom. Be the best. But when you wake up in the morning, what fuels you? Man, my coworker is struggling right now. God, I don't, when I walk into my workplace today, just sh show me that God sighting. Show me that open door to a conversation where I, where I need to, to speak or maybe I need to share an invite. The things of this earth are important. I have time, but they are not that important. Time's going. We're in the red now. What do you do when, time, when you don't know if you have enough time? Today is a wake-up reminder to live with healthy urgency. And everybody is invited on this mission. I got only a few seconds to let you know Jesus loves you. God loves you. Period. He just wants a relationship with you. The grace that we have in the next 10 seconds, the breath that we have. He wants a relationship with you. You receive it. You don't have to do a thing to earn it. And you just say yes to him.
Let's stand and let's pray. Jesus, thank you for teaching us about the brevity of life today. It brings wisdom. Thank you for the humility, the lesson in humility. Jesus, thank you that I didn't explain this well, so I'll explain it right out. The good news of the gospel is that God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Not eternal death, eternal life. That's the offer on the table. That's the gift that God gives. In the middle of this, between now and forever, awaits a gift. Jesus said, I paid the price, all of it. Jesus is not sending anyone to hell. Sin send us to hell. The world was already condemned. Jesus was on a rescue mission, and he still is today. The gift on the table, the offer on the table is salvation, not by works, but just through grace and grace alone. From a God who says, I'm with you, I'm for you, I love you, I just want a relationship. So with head bowed and eyes closed right now, if anybody in the room wants to say yes to Jesus, where you're at, just raise your hand. To say, hey, for the first time in my life ever, I've never surrendered my life today, and he's calling my name today. I want to say yes to Jesus today. If that's you, just where you're at, raise your hand. I want to be able to celebrate with you, pray with you, and pray for you. I want to say thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the message today. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, leave a review or a comment or share this message. That really does spread the message further and faster when you do that. Secondly, if there's a next step that you need to take coming out of this, head on over to our website, click get involved and let us know exactly how you can take your next step. We would love to partner with you in that. And finally, if you have been impacted in a positive way through our ministries or your family has been impacted in a positive way through our ministries, go on over to our website and click give. And if you want to partner with us financially, that would be huge in getting the message of Jesus out through our ministries. Thank you again for stopping by the podcast. Have a wonderful week. God bless.